If you're like most men in our audience, you're committed to becoming the man, husband, father, and leader God called and created you to be. But the truth of the matter is, you struggle with either finding the time or knowing where to start. That's exactly why I created the Real Man Spiritual Leader Blueprint to give you a step-by-step, easy-to-follow guide to spiritually leading your family, even if you're a new believer. Now, you can't buy the Real Man Spiritual Leader Blueprint, but you can get it for free by signing up for our free e-newsletter. By signing up, you will be notified anytime fresh content is added to my site, so you don't always have to visit my blog to stay up to date on the latest information. Now, to get your free copy of the Real Men Spiritual Leader Blueprint, just visit realmenconnect.com and simply enter your name and email address on the form on the page. So if you're tired of trying to figure it all out and fit it all in as the spiritual leader, provider, and protector of your family, don't miss your chance to discover how to be the man God called and created you to be. Sign up today at realmenconnect.com. Welcome to Real Men Connect. Are you ready to be the extraordinary man, husband, father, and leader God called and created you to be? Then get ready to receive wisdom and guidance from some of the country's most respected men of faith as you learn everything you need to know to go from good man to great man God's way. No judgment, no shame. Just real men with real challenges seeking real change. All for God's glory. Hello, mighty men of God, and welcome to the Real Men Connect podcast, where we help good men become great men God's way. I'm your host, Dr. Joe Martin, and every week we interview some of the nation's most respected and accomplished men of faith to find out what it really takes to become the kind of husband, father, and spiritual leader God called and created us to be. Each interview session is packed with practical, proven biblical principles you can immediately apply in your relationships on your job, and in your community. Today we have with us Jasper Williams III, who is an innovative connector of people with transformational, life-changing ideas. And as an accomplished pastor, he is a fourth-generation preacher who answered the call to serve God at the young age of nine. And as the founder and senior pastor of the church in Duluth, Georgia, right outside of Atlanta, he empowers people to walk towards personal progress and being what God has called them to be. Pastor Jasper is publicly recognized as a man with a passion for people and daily joins others in the trenches looking for opportunities to empower individuals. His personal mantra is, it's about relationship, not religion. He's happily married to his wife, Alicia, and they have two children, Jordan Elise and Jasper IV, who he um, adorably calls Quad. And if um, Jasper's name sounds familiar to you, it should, because Pastor Jasper is a returning guest on the Real Men Connect podcast. And the last time he was with us, he talked about facing church hurt like a man. Now, we received rave reviews about that interview. And that's another reason I asked him to join us today. And if guys, if you like to listen and check out that interview, please go back to episode 200. But today I asked him to, to talk to us about a different topic. And this is a topic that I seem to address seemingly on a weekly basis. And that could be because in addition to leading the Real Men Connect organization, I run a, ma- a ministry mastermind group for men called Ministry Men of Influence. And the topic I'm referring to is ministry burnout. Now, when serving the Lord in ministry is starting to feel like a burden rather than a blessing. And I can't wait to talk to Pastor Jasper about it because unfortunately he has a lot of experience in this area. So please help me welcome back my friend, my brother in Christ, Pastor Jasper Williams III to the Real Men Connect podcast. How you doing, J3? Hey, Dr. Joe, I'm doing absolutely amazing. And and just even listening to you read some of that stuff, I kind of just began to revisit um, you know, some of those seasons and some of those moments of the pain that's there and and just really glad and honored um, that, you know, people say that, you know, well, it's been said that wisdom is given by God one of two ways, either your own or someone else's. And Amen I just that. hope that that today's <laughs> uh, podcast, right, uh, can, can be can, can help somebody take the, the quick way to what God intends for them. Thank you for the invitation. Really glad to be back. Oh, man, thank you for accepting because I know the topic we're going to dive into today, and it can be very, very personal to a lot of us. I I know I experience um, uh, a lot of times going through ministry burnout, and it seemed like I said early in the introduction, I talk to men about this every single week, it seems. You know, typically I always ask guests when they come on to give us their favorite Bible verse, but you did that for us the last time you're on. But I want to spend as much time, because I know you're a very busy man, I want to jump into this topic, because I know, and we prayed before we came on this area, I know you're going to be transparent, you're going to be open and honest with us, and somebody's going to be set free um, and released from the burden of, quote, ministry. 
ministry because it shouldn't be a burden. It should be a blessing. But um, J3, before we get into a discussion about this topic um, about burnout, for those who may be hearing you for the first time on our show, could you briefly give us the kind of the ESPN highlight version of how you first got into ministry in the first place? Uh, yes, sir. By all means, I am um, born and raised in, in ministry and church. Um, I'm a fourth generation preacher, um, pastor. Um, I have uh, all I've known my entire life has has been ministry. And, you know, it's it's one thing to, you know, no ministers, no pastors. It's another thing to, to be raised in their house. And so um, at an early age, I, I felt God, I heard God speak to me um, in a way in which I don't know that I could clearly articulate other than to say, I know he was talking to me and speaking directly to my heart. My dad started preaching at a very young age, at the age of six. Wow. Um, I was I was actually eight when I heard the voice of God and start preaching when I was nine. And so I remember talking to my father one time and he said, son, I, I just really, and this is when I got older, I did not want you to uh, to do this. And I said, what do you mean, dad? He said, because, you know, this will change your life. He says, it's it's not an easy thing to do. Um, but if God's called you, there's nothing that can keep you from doing it. And thank God I'll be 46 in September. Um, it's all it's all I've ever known. It's my passion. I wake up to do it. Um, I, I love to do it, live to do it, certainly get tired. But I think I'm continuing to find balance so that my passion can keep me on the battlefield a bit longer. Yeah. You know, and you mentioned about you being called at, at nine. Your, your dad, you know, was preaching at six. Um, I, I just can't I can't get my mind around how when you're at that young of age, how do you deal with that? Um, and I guess the responsibility on the parents to even nurture that. And so I, I'm thinking as even though you you felt you said, you know, you heard that call at nine years old. Um, was it a challenge to, to, to stay on purpose as you got older or it became even more you became more confident that this is what you were called to do and you were going to do it? To me, that was that was never an option. You know, I, I really didn't realize that, you know, at the, at the younger age that, you know, ministry could be a vocation that you could actually live, you know, live your life on or receive a paycheck even doing ministry. Um, and so I, for a brief period of time, considered uh, being a doctor. I wanted to be a gynecologist and a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a unique combination. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about ministry, right? <laughs> yeah, I know that's right. <laughs> and, and so since my father had been in it, dad is the same thing. And he said, son, you, you could never do that um, as well. He, he's, what, is, what his words were, you're going to have to pick one. He said, because you will always be uh, less than excellent in one side. Well, maybe that was for the case of the season I was in, certainly dad's wisdom then. But I really admire men and women who are in ministry, have a vocation, but are able to do ministry freely because uh, it's being supported um, by, by monies that are being garnered through a business, through a job or whatever that may be. Um, but it's never been an issue for me. I think every decision that I've ever made in college, I wanted to be uh, do a business admin degree so I could help you know run the church with greater excellence. I was planning on being a part of my dad's church. I've always been on purpose. There's there's never been a time that I can remember where I hit pause or retired on my own volition. Now, as we progress in this conversation, I'm sure you <laughs> and your listeners will hear that there were some times that I had to be put on pause. Um, but even I went to the corner kicking and screaming. You know, you mentioned um, about how that those people who are pulling full time vocations and they're trying and they're doing ministry um, as well. I got to tell you, I, I have a new appreciation for pastors now. Now that I've been in full time ministry for the last three and a half years, um, I don't see how they do it. But that's what this topic is all about. And so we're going to jump right in there. Now, the last time you were on. Pastor Jasper, we talked about church hurt and how to handle it, also to endure it and even prosper through it. Do you think church hurt sometimes contributes to ministry burnout? And if so, how and why? That's a great question. Doc, if I knew you were going to come out like that, I'd ask you for the question. <laughs> well, that, that's the easy question when we get into some of the tougher ones. But I, I just, I was just curious about that. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, you know, you, you know, because I think that as a pastor in any kind of culture, in any denomination, uh, the pastor is the leader. You know, if they if there's a teaching pastor, executive pastor, teaching team, you know, whoever whoever has the name that that's the leader. And and oftentimes 
we 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 unknowingly try to live to people's expectations you know what the culture american culture is saying about church how we should be progressing and, and oftentimes that stuff is fueled wrongly um and so so does does church hurt uh go into it it certainly does though i cannot well yes i can there was some there was some betrayal that I experienced that I did not process well. So let me let me differentiate. Church hurt is typically what people in the pew claim. Bite is what the people in the pulpit claim. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that goes, of course, with the analogy that, you know, we feed my sheep what Jesus commands. And, and, and there was some sheep bite, some of it severe um, that, that I had to work through. And you know what, Doc? It wasn't. It's some of the sheep bite was through family, you know, was 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 were, were attacks on my wife and, and even our family structure. Um, not maybe not directly on me, but, you know, how can I separate myself? But certainly I would say yes. You know, and, and I bring that up because that's I know that's not the, the 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 bulk of where the burnout comes from. But I just thought that was interesting, interesting because we talked about it last time. And I wonder sometimes could that could that contribute? And I like the way you put it. You call it sheep bite, because I would say, yeah, I've experienced that myself. And I'm not even a pastor of a church. And so but it does. You do kind of take it personally. I mean, even when I'm ignored <laughs> or not responded to, it hurts when you're reaching out um, for help and support and, and that kind of thing. But let's dive into this because I have a lot of questions for you and I can't wait to to um, to hear what your response and your angle on certain things are. I mentioned earlier that unfortunately you have a lot of experience on this topic and that was based on what you shared with me prior to being a guest on the show because I reached out to you because I wanted to know if you could lead me somebody who can talk about this particular topic and I didn't realize that you were the perfect person to talk, talk to about this topic. Could you tell our listening audience why you're so qualified to speak on this topic? Let me just first say that I would have much rather pointed you in someone. <laughs> but but you know what, you know, even in that there's there's been and, and maybe this will come out, there's been just this growth that wouldn't happen. All right, so how is it that I got qualified? All right, so I mentioned a bit a bit I've been in ministry and my passion was to was to was to to be in ministry, went to college thinking about ministry seminary, thinking about integrating into Salem. That was the plan. Salem is the name of the church that my father pastors. And so, um, you know, I've always been been heading that way. And in me moving that way, I got lost in I got lost in the sauce. So I want to do so well at what I was being tasked to do and represent and live up to being to being my father's son. Of course, that was the pressure that typical people wouldn't wouldn't um, experience. And so I, I really got lost in that thing and um, became a trash can in some regards. I let people give me their stuff, process through their emotional stuff. I, I quit dreaming for myself. You know, I'm a loyalist, Doc. And, you know, um, when, when you give me vision or before I was, you know, started to get a measure of healing, whenever there was vision, I could get lost in your vision. And I really I lost myself. Uh, to what what dad wanted, what the people wanted. And we went through a critical time. Um, we lost a child. Um, we had our first child. Wife got pregnant. Again, we lost that child. Well, that was in the family unit, my wife and I, and then we had our daughter. On the church side, we were entering into a multi, multi-million dollar building project on one side of town, and then we were doing a multi-million dollar renovation project on the other side of town. And the contractor uh, got sideways with, with, with the ministry, with the church, and you know, all kinds of stuff. It wasn't time to go public with it yet. Still, and, and so me dealing with the stress of home and me dealing with the stress of ministry uh, caused things to collide. And it, it really got dangerous um, for my wife and we we got pregnant again after the child we lost. Um, maybe I get a chance to tell that story. But that's how God used the the culmination of pressure to begin to show me how to address my priorities. Because honestly, Doc, the reason why I even got in trouble is because it was Revelation 3. I left my first love. 
uh, ministry for me had become a job. I was studying scripture for the next Bible study, for the next devotion I was going to have to lead, for the next sermon to preach. I, I wasn't being refreshed there. And and so God had to had to get my get my attention. Not that he couldn't have done it some other kind of way, but that's the way he chose to do it. You know, and I want to I want to dive a little bit uh, deeper into your story because um, you you point out a lot of things from the personal life going on with um, the ministry life. But how bad did it get for you when you say, wow, this is it's really getting bad? Yeah. Um, so it, my wife is from Dallas. And so every year, you know, we were as you know, young married. She got pregnant the first time nine months into our marriage. And so. Um, you know, we're trying to develop, you know, our own uh, holiday traditions. So we settled on going to Thanksgiving this year in Dallas and we were there in the hotel. I used to lift uh, pretty heavy and uh, but I was having problems sleeping at night. They were calling it hot brain and it makes perfect sense now. I wasn't processing through the day. I wasn't processing at the foot of the cross. I wasn't processing in Abba's arms. And so I would go to sleep at night. Um, with my my brain just on 10. And so here we are, the doctors had begin to prescribe various medicines. We're in Dallas. I'm on these meds. Um, it was really depression that I was uh, battling. My wife said something and I misheard what she said, copped an attitude, popped two pills, went to sleep. Next morning, woke up she was even more funky. I think we can say that word because we're not in church, right? <laughs> yeah, we, we even, ain't in church. Yeah, real men, right? That's real right. Men. Real men, man. <laughs> she was even more funky the next morning. I said, you know what? I'm going to go work out. I went and lifted, came back. I, I said, you, are you still upset? I told you I was going to take you shopping today. She says, you don't even know. I said, know what? She says, you don't know what you did last night. I said, what I did last night? What are you talking about? She says, Jasper, now, mind you, this was November. My son was born in April, April 3rd. This is in November. So she's like, what, six months, five and a half, six months, clearly and obviously a pregnant woman and showing. She says, Jasper, you punched me in my stomach last night while you were sleeping. Doc, I felt horrible. I felt absolutely, I was scared. I was I was sad. I, I was I was in disbelief. I said, I did what? She said, you punched me in my stomach. And I just went blank for a minute because honestly, there is nothing not only now, but even then there's nothing more important to me than that woman. That's my wife and those two kids. And I, I get emotional even thinking about. What if something had happened to my son? What if what if what if I had damaged him? There'd been some kind of birth defect um, had terminated her pregnancy. I mean, you know, again, I'm lifting weights. I'm lifting pretty heavy, too. And oh, my goodness. But the grace of God was there in the bed that night. And and even before I go further um, or even land the plane here, I'd say that when God loves you, he will pursue you relentlessly but he does it with grace. And so for every person that's hearing this, uh, that there's grace on God's pursuit. Here's the grace in the story. She was, she was nesting, she was cuddling her stomach. So her, her hands were, uh, were clasped around her stomach and her hand took the impact of my punch. And wow. when, when that happened, wow. um, not only did I uh, apologize to her and cry out to her, but we came back and started, I started getting some help, um, which leads to a whole different start part of the story. And see that. And I'm glad that you 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 segue into that um, because, and, you know, maybe I, we will come back to it because I wanted you to jump into it now. But I probably wouldn't get to some of the other stuff I wanted to ask you about because we can't, you know, for men who are experiencing um, ministry burnout and they're, they're feeling the stress of it, that there is a way out. You know, I tell people, if we look hard enough, you look close enough, you're going to find if you search God and you seek God, you're going to find a trace of grace. He leaves these breadcrumbs to lead you out of that. And so I'm going to make a note to myself to come back to, to this story because I can't wait to hear the rest of it. But um, I want to get into some of the other questions and we're going to come back to this. But um, I'm not a church pastor, but uh, I am 
leading a Christian organization, serving and supporting men. But I know there are a lot of ministry leaders listening today who are serving their church by leading men's groups or Bible studies or even discipleship groups. My question is, from your association with other pastors, how prevalent or serious is ministry burnout? Because it seems I'm addressing it almost every week with ministry leaders I know. Am I blowing this thing out of proportion or is this really a serious issue? No, Doc. If it's a if it's an epidemic uh, for what you are seeing um, as you work with men, um, you know it's it's CDC level. <laughs> you know, for for pastors, here's the problem: we don't spend time taking our mask off to confront how we're really feeling. And and that was me. I, you know, I, I set the picture up. You know. You know, we're doing this major building expansion project. I got lost in it and, and I began to anesthetize myself um, with with staying busy. You know, some guys, some guys deal with, you know, they mute their pain with alcohol, with sex, with pornography, you know, with, you know, with pool halls, you know, what, whatever it is that, that guys do just to make the pain um, uh, go away momentarily. Well, for pastors, it's ministry. And that's not wrong, is it? Of course, ministry won't hurt me, will it? Of course, I can't I can't uh, take another call and help someone else, will it? And I'm being very sarcastic in that because when you're not taking care of yourself, your ministry will suffer. And I always say this is a proven principle that your church will never go further than you are. And if you're not emotionally whole and healthy, then your church will be a petri dish and breeding grounds for more uh, for, for more medicine to to mute what is obviously there. And watch this. I might get called a heretic for this one, but I don't <laughs> care for what's there that prayer won't answer. And I say that to say it's not that prayer won't answer it, but we're looking for prayer for God to make it go away. And sometimes God is answering our prayer by letting everything crumble so that he can put the pieces back. You know, I, I once heard um, that if when things go even against anything in life, we always say life is a test. But when you really think about it, God's ultimate goal is to be in in close relationship in union with us. And so you got to believe that anything that happens, good, bad or indifferent, is a way for him to draw us closer to him and to have us dependent on him and even unanswered prayers. You know, but we don't always look at it that way. So now I don't think you've been a heretic. But uh, okay. All right. Well, as long as you don't think so, all right, we're good. You are no, conducting the interview. Okay. But, but Pastor Jasper, I am curious, though, what seems to be the most popular complaints? You mentioned some of the things we run to. When we fill in the burnout, the medication of what we choose and we think that ministry can't be used as medication. Yes, it can. You know, I've even found myself doing it from time to time when I'm upset, frustrated, think, OK, I'll throw myself more into ministry, realize I'm just medicating something I probably need to address. But I'm just curious, um, what are the most popular complaints you hear from other pastors or ministry leaders when it comes to being in ministry that they complain about that is becoming a burden on them? Thank you for bringing me bringing me back to that, because I don't think that I, I thoroughly answered your question. There was a rash of breakouts probably about three years ago, four years ago, where pastors in the southeast, they were they were just killing themselves. I mean, you know, it was like five or six that were in the news. You know, pastor leaves, goes to church and he uh, his wife, family goes to church and, you know, he comes home dead. You know, pastor sits in the in the park in the driving, uh, you know, in his garage and. You know, he sticks the pipe in his car and, you know, he died. I mean, it was just this rash, you know, of people getting to the end of their rope. And here's the thing. I think the reason why I say it's CDC level, even more epidemic amongst pastors, because as pastors and people that are in ministry, we're really good to do life in isolation. And so either we're trying to lead people and, and we have the pressure of leading um, and, and not being transparent with our feelings. Uh, and so if that's the case, you know, well, what is my what is what is my friend going to think if I tell him I'm hurting because this happened to me in childhood or I just had a counseling appointment and this brought up these kinds of feelings? And we, we don't we don't do we don't do life well. And the kingdom of God is about relationships. When you introduce me as our personal mantra, it's the mantra for our church as well. And we believe in doing life transparently. The problem is, 
and it's really only a prayer problem, who will God bring into our life that we can be transparent to and with? So to be specific about pastors, it's it's financial. That's probably the, the most the most. Yeah, um, I hear that one a lot. Weighted thing. You know, we're, we're we need monies to expand ministry, to fund a certain aspect of ministry. Oftentimes it's monies with associated with building programs. Um, and I, I think that oftentimes we can invite those stresses and pressures on ourselves. Probably a total different topic for a different podcast. That's probably the most important one. The one that we don't hear, I would think, and this is me. It's relationship stuff. So a husband and wife are doing ministry together and one, if not both of them, are functioning in a capacity out of need and not design. So I need you to be by my side so we can show a unified front. And so since I need you, I'm going to give you this validation by being a title, my co-pastor or or prophetess or apostle or whatever, whatever it is. And that's not the call of God on their life. Um, and, and, and so whenever, whenever that kind of stuff gets, and we start performing in our marriages for people in any regard, our marriages tank. Uh, just, just last week, man, I'd been in Africa for two weeks, came back, jumped into a men's um, boot camp. And then I looked at my wife when I got back home, you know, from that men's boot camp. And I could tell that she needed me. She needed me and she needed some time away. Doc, I didn't care what happened. We got away for about four days, shut stuff off, and and I had the opportunity to pour back into her because I'm sensitive to the point of, first, I don't want her going through what I experienced. But secondly, I recognize that she is her own woman and she, as an amazing of a woman as she is, she's not a superwoman. Right, right. You know, I, I tell you, you bring up so many points um, in, because when I, when I, thought about asking that question, I thought, started thinking about the complaints that I hear from ministry leaders and from some pastors as well. And yeah, the money issue seems to be one of the biggest ones. And and it's weird because, you know, you hear men, um, or not just men, but just Christians in general, they complain about when um, pastors and leaders, um, you know, they ask for, for funding and support. And I got to tell you, I didn't understand it totally. I, you know, I gave a lot of pastors grace, you know, and I never was one of those um, guys in the in the flock who complained about that. But not until I became a ministry leader that I understood. And, and I'm thinking, boy, I wish every person who calls themselves a Christian <laughs> would uh, just for maybe a week um, be on the side where God has called you to minister, but to do it trusting and others will support you as you do it. They would sing a whole different tune. But you brought up some other points that, I mean, I would have known and, and thought about it because, well, I guess in a sense, when you mentioned about the relationship stuff, because I guess in a sense, even with my wife, um, she runs a separate business and I run a, an organization that I'm... I'm the poster child for our ministry. And yeah, it's important for me to her to have my back, be on my side. But guess what? We ain't always getting along all the time. <laughs> so, That's right. So that That's puts right. a pressure on me. I'm like, what is going on? And we need to present a unified front. And she would do whatever to make sure that I don't suffer. But at the same time, we may not be in right relationships. So I, I'm glad that you you brought that up. And, you know, when you mentioned about the transparency originally, Man, that that's huge. I remember hearing T.D. Jake say once that um, he says he that he struggles as a pastor, no matter regardless how big his church is. He said, and he needs somebody to talk to. He but he told the congregation, he said, but I can't talk to you. And he said because if I told you what, what I'm struggling with, some of y'all won't look this at me the same way again. <laughs> some of y'all gonna lose respect for me. He <laughs> said I need talk. to get around some brothers who won't lose respect for me because I'm struggling. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Doc, you you know what I found my outlet. Because of, you know, the recognition of my name and dad, etc. You know, can I really trust somebody with this? You know, w- will it get back? I found my outlet under professional care. Um, and that's where I was able to find first safety, but also find the skill of a Christian um, psychologist and psychiatrist to help me reassemble um, my life and get some perspective on things. 
You know, we had uh, I invited um, a Christian counselor to come on the show to talk about this because I'm always and, and I don't I say this tongue in cheek, but I'm not really joking, even though men laugh at it when I say it. I said, do you know? I said, you know what? The one thing that every man needs and notice I said every man, every man needs, but no man wants until it's either court ordered or his wife is threatening him. And that's counseling. <laughs> you know, Every man needs counseling. I said, but there's a difference between getting counseling um, to repair something as opposed to maintenance. I say it's better to go see a counselor once or twice a year than have to go see him two or three times a week. And we as men, what do we do? We wait to have to see him two or three times a week. And then we say we don't want to go until our wife threatens a divorce or something like that. But the thing is, no, we all need. You know, and I've now starting to to read about and hear from a lot of pastors, a lot of them. Thank God <laughs> that they said they go to get counseling. Sometimes even with their wife, at least once or twice a year. Doc, that's if 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 that's all I did. I, I don't know. I'd have a marriage, <laughs> you, know, you know, for, you know, we, 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 I, I think that we probably average eight, nine times a year with our, with our counselors. And, and sometimes if it's something rough, you know, it can go to 12, 13 times a year. Um, and, and the reason why is because, uh, well, first of all, we like to go when things are good. So we can shore up uh, some some strong places, but but we we just understand the health that is brought that is gained from our time with them, and and I, I just hope that somebody hearing this doesn't treat you know a mental a head doctor uh, the same way that they would treat getting their prostate checked, you know, or going to the hospital, you know, you know, putting it off. I'm fine. I can still perform whatever it might be, and you would be surprised at how much men stuff. And, and really have become disconnected in, and therefore, they disconnect emotionally with their wives or even their kids. You know, the way I've been able now to successfully get men now to look at going to a counselor is not as you being crazy, but you being courageous. The way I get them to go now is by sharing with myself. You can trick them. Yeah, but, you know, I just use common sense. Now, Pastor Jasper, I use common sense with them. I always you ask them. in language, yes. You know, because I say, how long will you, I say, how long would you go without getting your um, oil change? I said, would you go 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 miles without getting your oil change? They said, no. I said, why not? They said, because you will burn out that engine. I said, okay, when was the last time you had counseling? They said about 10 or 15 years ago, I said, guess what? You are emotionally burning out your engine and don't understand where the smoke is coming from. You know, so the thing is, it's maintenance and it's common sense. But anyway, but you know, I don't want to do the whole show on, on about counseling, but I'm glad that you brought it up because I, I think that is going to bless a man out there who's listening to this. But I want to ask you this. What are some of the warning signs of ministry um, becoming a burden more than a blessing that we could um, look for and be able to make sure we can avoid burning out in ministry? Doug, I, I, I just need to admit to you that this that what I was talking about happened was in 2004. Um, I, I suffered a second bout in December of 2015. And so I just came apart. We'd come through a really rough period. I carried the weight, you know, and then when it, when it finally resolved, I just came apart. And so what, what I noticed um, more specifically, as I look back at the December 15th uh, scenario, I noticed that I, I didn't want to do anything. So here, here I am, you know, um, I enjoyed working out. I enjoyed the gym. I just didn't want to go. I, I, I didn't I didn't want to read my Bible. You know, um, I, I didn't want to, you know, prayer time wasn't my time with God wasn't rich. Um, I found myself um, eye guzzling Netflix, you know, watching show or series, mind series. Uh, I, I found myself gaining weight. You know, my cravings increased um, for 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 the wrong stuff, for for sweets and cakes and and so forth. I, I just really had, but those were some of the physical things that I remember. Now, interacting, it was even, uh, there were even some telltale signs. Uh, my wife started always asking me, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? She started saying, you feel like, you know, you're, you're not present. You're not here. Um, you know, my kids, I, I, would note, I was noticing that they were beginning to retreat some as opposed to 
be actively engaged with me in conversation or, you know, whatever it is that we were doing. And so um, here's the hard thing that you really you really get comfortable with abnormal. And until you forget what normal feels like, because like the enemy typically does, he takes it from you. And I'm saying takes it, meaning your, your solidarity, your stance, your joy. Your, he takes it from you, you know, spoon by spoon instead of gallon by gallon. And so after a while, you are much further from the shore than you realize. You just don't know how to get back. And, you know, by that time, you don't have any initiative or gumption to even get back. And let's just see what happens. I got it. Man, Pastor Jasper, what you said you know, this was worth just bringing you on the show just for some of those signs. Now, and, you know, I love you. Okay. Because yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking, you, yeah. you know, I asked you to give me some uh, some of the signs of uh, some of the signs and everything. You had all of the signs. <laughs> I'm thinking, Mike, I thought you'd give me one or two. <laughs> I hate to say I'm a professional. <laughs> Because I'm thinking you're hitting the gambit of everything. I'm like, you experienced all of this? <laughs> it's amazing. No, but this is but this is great. This is awesome. Because as you're going through the list, of course, I'm looking at myself thinking, okay, I've experienced um, a lot of these things. But something that you just said that I never thought about, and now I got to go repent now, Pastor Jasper. <laughs> because when you mentioned about the kids um, pulling away of warning, my daughter, you know, my daughter's name is Faith. All right. And Faith is she has an old soul. She's 16 years old, but she has the soul of an older woman. And I always keep, I have to keep reminding her I'm only married to one woman. I only got one wife, not two. Right? And it's amazing. She spots things that even my wife doesn't spot. And so the reason why I say I have to repent, because she will come to me and she would say, like you mentioned it in, in the list about what's wrong with you. And, and, and I, I didn't think anything was wrong with me. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything. Our, our wives and women, and in this case, your daughter, they can feel yeah. when you have, when you have been authentic and transparent with them before. Yeah. And then now there's this veil that's there. They, they can feel it. And, and you know, I thank God it was getting on my nerves. <laughs> yeah, it's getting on my nerves too. Nerves. <laughs> it, was, it was getting on my nerves when my wife asked me, nothing is wrong. Yeah. But, but just as sure you know, as it was, that's where I had to go back and repent because she, if I listened sooner, then I probably wouldn't have wouldn't have crashed or the crash wouldn't have been as severe. You know, and that's why I think the Holy Spirit is speaking through you right now, because this just happened yesterday. Oh, <laughs> and and I'm thinking to myself, that. I, think, I thought I was grace. cool. We're back to that. A that's right. Grace. Traces yeah. of grace. And I realized that, wow, no, God has given me a double portion, double blessing to say, you know what your wife might miss. I'm not going to let your daughter miss and vice versa. What your daughter might miss your wife. And I think. Um, that's why we, we do need to, to be more wary. And that's why what you just said and all those, I, I hate the fact that you had to go through all of that, Pastor Jasper, but it's a blessing to all of us to know that these are signs we need to be looking for. But I, I, I want to go, I got some more questions, but I want to go back to Alicia and I, cause I promised that we were going to go back and talk about what happened in 2004. And after she drops this weight on you and you feel like it was a, you know, um, metaphorically a punch to your stomach that this happened what'd you do how'd you respond right after that what'd you do yep yep so um then i was in ministry with my dad i was the number two man um and so when we got back home off vacation um i immediately told dad what was going on and we were seeing a counselor then um and you know i knew and alicia and i thought that I knew that we needed to go talk to our counselor immediately. My father said the same thing, got on his schedule as quickly as possible. And, um, you know, we were able to we were able to process through those things that way with him under professional uh, care. So our, our, our psychologist and and Doc, let me just say. Sometimes our bodies aren't regulated with the hormones and the enzymes that it's excreting or should be that are now uh, suppressed or over over overproducing. And so we do need a bit of help to bring our bodies back into uh, homeostasis and, and to bring our bodies back to uh, the way God has designed it. And so I'm, I'm getting counseling 
you know, with, you know, talking through stuff. But then I'm also getting a prescription um, because there was some there was some there, there's this depression alters the brain um, and, and what's going on up there. And thank the Lord, you know, we have. We have medicines that can bring us back. So I began to talk to my counselor as well as see a psychiatrist. Um, and, and here's the thing. They immediately took me out of the pulpit. Immediately. Immediately. When I told my dad, told the counselor, that day he told the counselor told me, now you go and tell your father you are out of the pulpit. I could not show up at church. I couldn't. I couldn't do anything. So I said, well, how long? He says, he says, we'll, we'll all know. Doc, I was out of yes, the pulpit. For, I was out of the pulpit for thirteen weeks. Thirteen weeks, and I was leading, leading, um, sitting at dad's. You know, we had we had like six Sunday morning services going on, and you know, I had to I had to walk away from. There was no easy transition, you know, in, into those things. But but thank God, my father and my family loved me enough to to make that happen. Our church. Uh, end up being blessed by it as they're watching. Okay, how, so how does senior leadership uh, go through this? And honestly, if I could sum it all up, I had to submit myself to the process, and I had to keep my appointments. I had to take my medicine. I had to, you know, one of the things, one of the first things he started telling me to do was get to the gym because the gym releases the serotonin. Yes, sir. And, and endorphins. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in your mind that that it makes you feel good. And so we start treating stuff naturally. Here's something else that was long term. I start taking Mondays as my off days. Me and Alicia, we do nothing on Mondays but be with each other. Hang out with each other, talk, sleep, whatever, go get coffee, a movie, whatever. And then my Thursday afternoons. Now, I haven't done that in this new season I'm in, but then I was taking my third because I had lost me in everything else. And so I was just deliberately carving out time for my wife and I and carving out time for myself. All right. And so, so what you're what you're offering to us is is somewhat of a prescription for ourselves, because you answer a question I was going to ask you about if a man found himself in that state where he's kind of emotionally spiraling and he feels down, broke down, busted and disgusted with ministry. And so basically what I'm hearing, you're saying self-care um, and submit and surrender and get some self-care. But Pastor Jasper, let me ask you this, because I know and I always try to do this when we bring a guest on the show. I got to get myself out of being Joe Martin and always agreeing with the guest, uh, because I do agree with you guys. It's the reason why I seek you guys out. But I always like to play, play the skeptic. And, uh, and, and what about that guy out there who's thinking, I'm not going to take any uh, medication because God is going to heal me from this and I don't need medication. Now, I think that's a prescription for disaster. <laughs> uh, but what would you say to that person who's reluctant about um, getting um, if, if the doctor prescribes some medication for them? What would you say to that person who's just totally averse against taking medication? And I, 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 you know, men are like that. You know, you, you that alpha male, that kind of stubbornness. Um, you know, Bible says that pride goes before a great fall. And if if you if a man is taking that position out of pride, then I would say, sir, stop your fall before it happens, because that's not what God wants. Now, if someone tells me that God said they were going to heal them and they're in faith for that, then I step back. But I would also step back to say, okay, what is God doing and saying in your family? Are you supposed to be healed outside of the context of your, of your family? You need to put yourself in an apartment, go stay with a friend because you're inflicting pain on, on those in your household and you're making it worse. I, I don't think that when we're going through this stuff, if we are believing God to do it and standing on his word as I was, and you're saying you don't want to take medicine, that God has not called you to, to harm your house. Um, and, and so to that end, ultimately, I'd say think about what you have to lose. You know, think about think about think about everything that could be taken from you because you don't want to go and take medicine. Here's the thing. I got off the medicines. You know, um, I'm, I, you know, I, they, when they put it on, once we got stuff balanced out and then I found a great homeopathic doctor, we start doing some nutritional stuff. It began to show up what was wrong. 
and I didn't have to spend my entire life on those same meds. Right, right. And so what you're saying that we have to use wisdom as well as um, God has given us wisdom of discernment. And if God is leading you, that's one thing. But if you're trying to, quote, self-preserve and self-preserve your pride and your ego, that's a whole nother topic. That's a whole nother different discussion. So I, I'm glad that you because I, I know that I, I want that guy that uh, understand that it's not a sign of weakness. You know, it's not, not at all when you're getting the help that not you need. You know, I got time for about maybe one or two more questions. I'm not sure because I do. I still even though you've already gone through the man up questions before. I want to do the man up questions for you again with this particular topic. But I'm trying to think, what should I ask? Well, I'll ask it this. I'll end with this question. If you were speaking to a younger pastor or ministry leader who's considering going into a full time ministry, what would you say to him and what advice would you give him? Yeah, I always say that you need to develop relationships sooner than later. You want to develop a relationship with guys who are aligned with where you're going, mentors, we could call them, or mentees, um, sooner before you need them. I think that there ought to be three people in your life. I think you ought to have a Paul in your life. You ought to have someone that is um, that you can reach up to, someone whose wisdom you can borrow from. Uh, you ought to have someone who's been where you have been, uh, someone that, that would be like a father, a Paul in your life. And then I think that you need a Barnabas. You need someone to come in to walk alongside of you, to encourage you. Uh, sometimes that is someone that's in ministry. Sometimes God brings us as Barnabases from, from other places, people that are connected to us, people that, that can feel our pain. Sometimes intercessors can be our, our Barnabas. And then, and then I think that every man needs uh, to have a Timothy in their life, that, they, that there's someone that they can pour into. And so... I think that when we have those three relationships uh, in our life, that we are we we've established accountability without calling it accountability, because you cannot be in relationship with men, and it's covenant relationship, covenant from the heart, that that God doesn't use those men to to raise some issues in our lives or to help us get through some issues in our lives. You know, in those three men that you mentioned, that's what this my whole organization is built on about having those three types of men in your life, because, yeah, you need to be mentored. You need to be mentoring some other people. But at the same time, you need a brother who can I, I say, for lack of a better way, can tell you that your breath is stink. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. you know, he's going to say, and I, but I love you. you know what I mean? and, and here's a tic-tac. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Here's a tic-tac. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, this is this is great. And now it's time. I want to take you through most time when we bring a guest back on, Pastor Jasper. We don't put them through the manual questions twice, but for this particular topic, I do want to put you through it again. So and it's going to be just you saying I'm special. That's right. You're special. (laughs) All right. So and you know how this goes. It's five quick questions starting with the letters M A N U P, and all it requires is your fearless honesty um, and transparency, which you won't have a problem with whatsoever. So the question is, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. And we'll be right back after this short break with my guest, Pastor Jasper. Hey, Mighty Warrior, how would you like to hang out with a group of real men who really get you? I'm talking about a group of men who are purpose-driven, love God, and have a sincere desire to win as men, husbands, fathers, and as leaders. I'm talking about real men who understand your desires as well as your doubts, your hunger for success and significance, as well as your struggles with life and even lust. Well, look no further because we've created the first ever private college campus on Facebook just for Christian men called Real Men University. But don't you worry, the tuition is free, but the education, support, and friends you'll meet will be priceless. So if you'd like to join a group of like-minded, non-judgmental Christian men who are all looking to take their faith, family, and finances to the next level, then just go over to realmenuniversity.com and request to join. That's realmenuniversity.com, and I'll see you on campus. Welcome back, Mighty Men of God. I'm here with my guest, Pastor Jasper Williams. 
who is the senior pastor at the church in Duluth, Georgia, which is right outside of Atlanta. And he decided he's going to take on the man of questions for the second time. What a brave soul you are, man. Uh, <laughs> Holy Spirit be with me. That's right. <laughs> now, you, we, now, I asked you in, in the last segment about what advice would you give to a younger pastor um, if he was coming in. And you said that about um, point him in the direction of developing relationships sooner. Now, take that off the table. I want you to tell me when it comes to ministry burnout, and you've gone through this twice, twice. The M stands for mistake. What mistake did you learn the most from having gone through this twice now? That I had not honored my wife as well as she deserved to be honored. And, you know, and I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into that. And what do you think that looks like now for you? Yeah. See, we can't love ourselves. We can't love our neighbor more than we love ourselves. That's the second commandment. First commandment, love God, the Lord, your God. And you know the scripture. The second is now love your neighbor um, as you love yourself. And because I didn't have vision and because I was lost and didn't know I was going, wasn't sure about purpose, I couldn't love my wife beyond that. And it took God to bring me two different bouts for me to realize that Alicia is the key to my future, it's how I love her. You know, I, I look back at my life, Pastor Jasper, and some of the lessons I've learned, and I and I just I, I get so mad at myself sometimes because I had to learn the lesson more than once. And you know, we would think we think we smart. <laughs> they say, right. We're smart. That's right. We learned, and we said the God said, "No, you didn't." You still didn't learn the lesson. And so, but but man, we serve a God of grace and mercy. And He says. I have until eternity. We'll, I'll take us. I'll take my watch off. We got as much time as you want to, but I plan to use you for something, and I'm not going to put you there until you're ready. And so, I'm glad you shared that. Now, let's go with the A that stands for attitude. Now, you knew you and what you were going through and what you were thinking. If you can go back and change one attitude in yourself about when you were going through that those difficult times, what would it be? What would be the attitude you change in yourself? Oh, I, I was definitely struggling with pride. I would ask God to infuse a greater measure of humility to to break me, um, to break me sooner, uh, but to be ready to be broken. Um, sometimes we don't realize that we function in pride until we're looking in our rearview mirror, which is hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, but I, I think in order to get to sometimes the Lord has not let pressure off of me until I was thoroughly broken enough yeah you know what's that saying go they say sometimes god has to um break you to bless you yeah that's right you know and now i, I want to know because i always dig a little bit deeper when i, I deal with men and I'm, I'm working with i'm working mentoring and coaching in 101 is when we tackle an issue I always ask them that usually below that issue is a fear now going back to pride being the attitude what do you think now in hindsight were you afraid of exposure that exposure. people were going to see it's shame. People that were going, to, people were going to see uh, a frailty and and respond to it either with attack or with rejection. And I guess that refers to what T.D. Jakes was talking about when he said, "I want to so bad <laughs> to share with you." He said, That's "But you're right. gonna look at me differently." <laughs> You know, but yeah, that that is a, a, a sincere fear that we have, especially being leaders in ministry. Now, the N stands for next. And I, I know you you can we can bring you on the show about a lot of different topics, because, I mean, I've been listening to your sermons. And first of all, you and your wife are hilarious together. You guys need to do more <laughs> stuff together. Thank Y'all you are a trip, yeah. man. <laughs> but yeah, fun. now, because to me, I think that you could even if you were doing a paraministry away from your church, I believe you could do a ministry strictly on this topic, you know, but I want to ask you if you could do something, what would be the next thing you would do addressing this topic and you could do for God if you couldn't fail? What would you like to see happen? Not that you're going to do it, but you'd like to see it happen when it comes to this topic. So when the Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade uh, that happened on the heels of each other, um, I, I took the opportunity because well, I think one of the powers of our church and one of the powers even that 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 is 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 with me is is my transparency. Sometimes I can be my wife tells me you you didn't have to say all that I can be a little bit too too transparent. At least it sounds like my wife. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I took the opportunity to share with our church, you know, um, 
and not just to pray for them and to rebuke, you know, bind and rebuke the spirit of suicide. No, no. I took some time to to give some some pointers and to make some suggestions and to be a resource. And I want to share that with the world. I wanted I wanted people to know, all right, this is what it looks like. And sometimes, you know, you're, you're looking at a picture that's well put together on the outside, but is in pain on the inside. So so if I were to do something in this area, um, I probably would start hosting uh, webinars or or doing some conference calls, um, you know, with some intermittent teaching and pointing people to the right to the right place. I would love to establish um, this is this is me dreaming with you a bit, you know, a network of counselors, uh, Christian counselors that that people could could be a part of, establish some support groups. Here, here's the thing. I don't know how many pastors will show up. Yeah, because, I know. I because know. pastors, pastors, and I, I, I have a, I have a heart for men, and I have a heart for pastors. Uh, pastors are just so slow to say, "I need help." You know, and and I, and I feel so bad because I complain a lot about how tough it is to work with men. I don't even want to imagine. Was like working with pastors. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I struggle working with men. Period. You know? hey, but l- l- unless you have to edit this podcast, <laughs> I'll just keep my thoughts to myself. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know what? But you know, I you know we're, we're using this as a man of question about that thing you would do. But you know, the sad thing about it, Pastor Jasper, is I don't see this being offered a lot. Um, and, and maybe God is, you know, putting something on your heart and my heart. Uh, maybe might be working together on something like this. But I don't see, I don't see those resources available. Um, it's, it, but it's an issue that needs to be addressed, man. I tell you, I, I agree, and I, and I think that it's probably one way that the enemy is winning that we just even haven't realized that that's where he's attacking. And you know me, Doc, I, I'm, I'm, and I'm like you, turn my ear to the Lord. Lord, what, what do you want? What do you want me to do? And, and you know, honestly, I was grateful for this opportunity um, to, to be invited to your platform to share a bit of my story um, because you and I both know that men do not have to do it by themselves and whatever they're experiencing, they're not the first to experience it. Amen. You know, and I'm already thinking in my head that my head is spinning now that, you know, at the minimum that we should be we should get together and do some type of webinar. And yeah, because it, even if we don't get the pastors there, per se, I know we'll get some men's ministry leaders and it could be something that obviously we can have it recorded and we could share um, with pastors. So, yeah, I'm going to put that as a note to myself because I really think it needs to happen. And I think this is a, a, a this is a great launch to why this topic is so important. But I still got two more questions for you, Pastor Jasper. And the U stands for understand. And when you were going through this, when you um, those years ago, back in 2004 and 2015, what do you understand better now that you didn't understand then? That I really have a heavenly father. And that was the biggest revelation that I had. Uh, my son just went through um, an issue here at school, and I had the honor of walking him through that, of sitting next to him, of us praying together, us us riding to go get our hair cut and talking about it, and me pulling something out of him that his mom didn't. It's an honor to be his father. And likewise, God shows me in that he wants to be my daddy. He, he wants he wants me to process with him. And you know, I think a lot of men have the problem with calling God father because they see their own earthly father's face. But but when when God started to develop the relationship with the Trinity, with God, the father, Abba. Man, that that is priceless absolutely priceless. There's nothing that my son or daughter could do that their dad would not be there. And that's the same kind of unconditional welcoming love that our heavenly father has, not just when we're being prodigal, but to do life together, even in painful places. You know, if we can get our minds around that, Pastor Jasper, and really receive that, um, I, I, I say there's two things that men, if we got it, 
it would change everything for us. That's one, realizing that we're more powerful through the power of the Holy Spirit than we think, and we're more valuable to the Father than we know. Ah, beautiful. If we understood those two things, it would change everything, even when it comes to this topic about ministry burnout. And so I'm glad that you touched on that. And now his last and the P stands for problem. And this is a a tough thing um, to ask you, but I know you're up to it. But you've learned a lot having gone through this process. And even though you've learned a lot and you've made a lot of progress through it, the P stands for problem. What problem do you still struggle with? when it comes to this issue of ministry burnout, even today? Respecting myself enough to do what I need to do. And and what do you mean by that? Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll unpack it certainly. So um, I've been saying I'm gonna go for a walk these past, ever since uh, Sunday. It's Thursday, I have not gone for an evening walk because it was something else for me to do at the desk. Um, for, for, for For me to, to answer one more email on the way to the restroom at the movie. You know, when, when I am valuable enough, and I, I, read, I read a funny meme, it says, now I see why they call it a cell phone, is because, you know, you're, you're really in jail. <clears throat> you know, those, <laughs> the, those, those things can... can That's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, those, those things can become, and they, they really are our jails. And, you know, I, I got to respect me if I'm going to grow and, and get there and not just my private time, my devotional, my study. But I got to respect me to love me, to get me in shape, get me in the place, get me healthy. And because there is this measure of fulfillment when we do ministry, it can be hard to put that drug down. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I tell you, Pastor Jasper, this has been such a blessing to me. And I know it's going to be a blessing to all the men who are listening, because um, I'll be the first to tell you, I struggle with this. You know, I'm always questioning God. God, why would you call me to this? It's so hard. It's so tough. And even the the blessings um, sometimes don't overshadow the burden. And I know that's more of a personal thing with us than it is with God, because he wants us to count it all joy. You know, but what you just said in that last point about respecting yourself enough, I love that. You know, I'm always asking, man, I said, whether you want to admit it or not, you're training for something. You're always training for something. And when I see behavior, whatever we do, if we answer, like you said, we answer that last email, what are you training for? You know, or we refuse to be present. What are you training for? We don't honor our wives. What are you training for? You're always training for something, but always ask, what are you training for? But thank you so much for um, for being so transparent and honest with us um, and answering those questions. And guys, we've come to the end of our show today. But um, don't you worry, we'll be back to do it again next week with a new guest, with new insights and new lessons. So make sure you don't miss it. And I'd like to thank my friend, Pastor Jasper Williams, for That's joining us. Ways, and it is always a pleasure. Thank you for being so gracious with your time, J3. I appreciate it, man. And thank you for what you do for men. It is needed. More of it is needed. And God bless you, sir. Amen. This and you have blessed me today to give me more fire and energy to continue to do the work that God has called us to do. But um, Pastor Jasper, if they, if our listeners wanted to find out more about you um, and what you're doing at the church in Duluth, Georgia, um, how can they best contact you or reach out to you? Yeah, we would love to. If anyone is in the Atlanta area, would love to see you on uh, one Sunday morning. And we've got a uh, twenty-five dollar gas card that Doctor Joe is giving to all people hey. that show up. <laughs> At the church on Sunday morning, I say real men connect. <laughs> Man, you a trip, boy! I tell when you, we have a voucher that he will redeem. <laughs> Oh, uh, you know you're wrong, man. You are so wrong. <laughs> so we would love for anyone if you're in the if you're in the area visiting Atlanta, we would love to to show you some some love and for you to check us out at the church. Um, you can get our regular text updates by texting the word relationship uh, to five four two four four. Again, the word relationship five four. 244 and a bunch of information will come back about us even a link to our app which is called relevant life we stream all our stuff there i just got back from africa i did some vlogging while i was away or you can do um the the other more traditional way and that's simply visit us at www.thechurchinfo.org the church info 
dot org. And we're on all social media. Instagram, I'm Jasper Williams and the number three. Facebook, I'm Pastor JW3. Twitter, I'm Jasper Williams and the number three. Um, if you find one, if you find me, you'll find the church. If you find the church, you'll find me. And what we'll do, Pastor Jasper, we'll put all your contact information in the show notes so they'll have access to that. And I'm encouraging them. Go to his website. Start following him in social media. Man, the content you put out is just so top notch. That's why I do want to do a webinar with you because you'd be fantastic. Let's do it. <laughs> It'd be my honor. All right. That sounds great. So thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. And if you can, do us a quick favor. Take about 30 seconds and go over to iTunes and rate the program, especially this particular episode, because I know that um, you were blessed by today as much as I was. It's the best way to help us get this program in the hands, ears, and hearts of men just like you. And please don't keep us a secret. Share us with your friends. So until next time, I'm Joe Martin, your man builder with realmenconnect.com, reminding you that we are males by birth, but we are men by choice. So each and every day, choose to be the man God called and created you to be because a male is a terrible, terrible thing to waste. So until next time, stay strong, stay blessed. And as always, you know, stay in God's grip. Thank you for listening to the Real Men Connect podcast with Dr. Joe Martin. Real Men Connect isn't just a podcast, it's a mission, ministry, and movement to help good men become the great men God called and created us to be. And the best is yet to come. So if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and leave us a review in iTunes. It really helps us to build the podcast and to reach, teach, and impact more men, all for the glory of God. And make sure you check out realmenconnect.com to get our free tools and resources to help you go from good man to great man God's way. Again, that's realmenconnect.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.